Welcome, citizens of the globe, to the Front End Heroes podcast, where we discuss all things villainous and heroic about the front end of software development. My name is Evan Payne, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Scott Francis. How are you, Scott? I'm really good. I'm back from a, a three-week break where I did very little apart from play with the children, which was really nice. Um, and I'm currently sitting in a quite wet and windy England, which makes a change. Nice. Yeah, I also took a vacation uh, of sorts, didn't go anywhere, stayed in my uh, sweat box in, in Spain. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it was nice to have some downtime. Um Today's episode, as usual, is sponsored by NetCentric, an award-winning Adobe Global Alliance partner. Both Scott and I work here as senior front-end software engineers, and we are glad as ever to have their support with this show. Um, speaking of taking some time off, you might have noticed that we have not been around the last few months, and that ties neatly into the topic of this uh, month's or week's podcast, which is mild-mannered alter ego. Uh, implying a connection to the private identities of superheroes, and we're talking about work-life balance. Um, both Scott and I previously planned to uh, do the podcast, even while on holidays, and for both of us, it just didn't materialize. And I think that plays into this idea of we both, well, I'll speak for myself. I'd been working really hard. Um, there was deadlines there were things that needed to be done i wanted to do it the best quality possible and i needed a break and then it was like another month and a half before i could take a break so by the time i got into that longish for me a three-week vacation yeah i i did some coding but it just i needed to switch off entirely for a while and i was grateful to have done so um what about you scott how's that how's that played out for you this current time yeah i think um pretty much the same like we were i was busy working busy on projects but um the whole work situation just like really intensified um because of covid and because we were all working from home um now i've got to say that like uh, my team was great and we didn't really miss a beat but um the working conditions were like far from high far from ideal um and so that kind of like built up and built up and built up. And I was very aware that I got these three weeks coming up where we could, where I could actually um, switch off. And the closer that came, the more I felt that I needed it. Um, and then as soon as it arrived, as you mentioned, we planned to do the podcast. I planned to do many things. Um, and then the Friday that I was finishing work hit and then I just went into complete downtime and everything just disappeared. Um, and I have to say, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed that super stressful at the beginning because on the, also on the Friday that I was due to finish work, it looked like we were going to be locked down again. Um, and really panicked, rearranged flights, got back to England to stay with uh, family as soon as we could. Um, but that was the best decision that we made because I, I really, really needed the break. Um, and because we had family around us, we could really, really like, take advantage of that and just really enjoy the downtime. Yeah, that's really good. I, I feel like we, especially in the tech culture, there's this push to go, go, go. And I think it was made worse by uh, the virus going around and the, the, the global pandemic because people had more free time technically, right? They didn't have to do those commutes they did before. Meeting prep was, you didn't have to walk to another room. And and 
that's a, uh, there's a weird contradiction there where it seems to be like, oh, well, now I need to do more uh, to prove my value. And it shouldn't be the case, but it's really hard to break away from that. Um, so I think we'll talk about a few different things. One is perception of um, work-life balance and, and maybe different cultures. Um, I can speak from the U.S. point of view, at least, you know, 11 years ago, um, and European, et cetera. But um, then we'll go into some other things of like why it's necessary even, and, you know, maybe even talk about the differences between being single and taking work-life balance or how to find that and having families and doing so as well. Um, but let's start with, you know, the necessity for it. Um, I think most of us have kind of run into some form of burnout over time. And I remember seeing, this is like four years ago on Twitter, someone being open and honest about it. And it felt like it was one of the first times it had been talked about that way of you don't think it's happening to you. You don't think it's happening to you. And then you just don't want to do anything at all because you're burnt out. You've burnt your candle at both ends and you're out of wax. Um, it's something that needs to be acknowledged as a possibility. And once you see the signs of it, you need to take steps. Right. Um, I think you have to I be brave. I think, I mean, like, sorry to interrupt, but I think you, not at all. Uh, I think you, you have to be brave enough to actually, um, to actually say like, enough's enough or just to recognize that you don't need to work like, like all the time. As you said, like in the tech industry, I think it's really difficult, particularly like front end. It moves all the time. There's this thing. It kind of feels like you're always behind a little. Somebody else always knows more than you do. Somebody else is working on something, a new framework or something, or like there's just something new has come around and you can, it can be easy to feel like you're, um, you're falling behind um and so try and put extra effort in like outside of the workplace um it's very but you to to come to like peace with yourself really and say like i can't possibly do all of these things because otherwise i will get burned out um is quite a brave thing i think and i, I think this is for me this is where like a good company um comes in like I think I've talked in the past about like companies I've worked for in the UK as opposed to companies um, like companies in, in Spain. Yeah. Um, and I think that the, in, particularly in the UK, I've always felt that the pressure is more uh, to that like you would be contracted for 40 hours, but you would, it would almost be expected that you would work an extra 10 um, and then, and you, then your boss might ask you, oh, do you know about this, like some new technology? Um, and there would almost be like an implication that you should know about that, even though you're putting like, you're working like 10, 15 more hours than you actually should be. But then when you're finished with that, you should be working even more to keep current. Right? And I think that as soon as you start, as soon as a company is like that, then you're just going to, you are going to burn your staff out or you're just going to have them leave. Um, yeah, I think really I think that's you're absolutely right that that uh, having some emotional intelligence from the company you work for is a big part of this. Um, you know, having a system where you at least have someone you can check in with every now and then, because especially if you're working by yourself, and now that we're all working at home, if you're not on Slack and chatting with friends and being honest uh, all the time, 
you don't say it out loud, then you don't notice it necessarily. And so having a culture where you can at least talk through and being like, why am I so upset about this? And the frustration is one uh, sign. Um, feeling like it's overwhelming as well. Um, like there's either too much on or there's too much, uh, there's too many open questions. You know, you, you notice it most when you're recovered that it's not so difficult to leave some gaps in your knowledge. But when you're already at the edge, that can really just send you into a dark spiral. Yeah, I mean, like if you if you start going around, if it starts going around in your head that you don't know enough, um, I mean, I've encountered this at times, like when I genuinely haven't known enough, or I've not known as much as I would want to. But it was when you know it was times when I was like uh, either starting out or or a junior on a project. Um, so trying to put the extra effort in there, but um, I've always found it difficult to to rationalize, oh, well, I am a junior on this project, so maybe I don't need to know all of this. Maybe it's okay that there's some gaps in my knowledge. I think it was worse then because I was always trying to fill those gaps like, as soon as I possibly could, um, which is a good thing. But if that's, in, if that's impacting on your home life, if that's impacting on you come home from work and then you start trying to work a bit more to fill in gaps that you think shouldn't be there, then you're just going to, you are going to find that you're, that you're burned out. And if you don't take time to actually do things that you enjoy, I mean, with, with, um, with front end people, the, I think the, there's a high amount of people who would code as a hobby. And so, you know, that old thing when like people want to be football footballers or like rock stars or something like that. And so right. like, you know, they want to do something that's their hobby and they want to get paid for that hobby. Well, I think there's more like, there's a lot of people in the tech industry. It's particularly front end who are getting paid for their hobby. They would do this like regardless of whether they got paid. So I think that that's quite lucky, but if you have other interests, it's important to switch off from the tech and it's important to invest some time in, in your other interests. Um, and the more junior you are, I think that the harder that is. Uh, because you're always like, trying to like, push yourself a little bit further to learn some more. Yeah. Um, before we, we move on to another point there, but uh, specifically in the front end and specifically with, I don't know, conferences and Twitter and, and things like that, it really becomes a kind of, and, and, and I don't think the people that are posting necessarily intend it to be that way, but it can be overwhelming the amount of things that they are achieving or that it seems to be. Same thing with any social media. Um, you're, you're seeing the sunnier sides. Um, but that you're just working on, you know, some some really complex CSS that applies to that particular situation and it's taking you two days, but, you know, it is valuable to this context, but it's not something that helps the whole community. And these people are constantly posting these great tools and frameworks and things that help the whole community. And it can feel like, gosh, I am just so far behind where I want to be. And if you let yourself feel that way, you can really make it hard for yourself to enjoy the work. And I think that is what, like you said, uh, myself included, a lot of us came from this point of view of, let me try this out. Does that work? No. Why doesn't it work? Okay. Okay. Hey, I got it working. It's amazing. Right. You go from, I'm the stupidest person in the world. This doesn't work to, I did it. I'm a genius. And that kind of uh, high is, is one of the reasons we really enjoy the work we do. But if you set your challenges you set too many challenges, 
that is just as bad. It's the same as setting yourself up for failure. And of course, it's going to be stressful. Yeah, totally. I mean, one thing, the you almost have to accept that you're going to not know some things. And that's part of the, that's part of the, uh, that's the good bit of the job, like that you don't know, and then you do make it work. Like that's, but it's important to recognize that that is going to be the case. It's going to be a bit where you don't know, and you might seem to be going around in circles and where you might think that is wasted time and unproductive time. That's just the job. That's, that's how it works. Like, I'm not saying that every, I'm not saying that, you should be happy that every task um, like takes longer than you think it should. But there are going to be some times when something's really complex and you just don't know what you're doing wrong. Um, it even comes down to like micro bits where they, you're doing something that you've already done and for some reason it's not working and maybe you're going around in circles a little bit. At that point, like there has to be, there's more value in just getting up from your desk and going and um, taking a walk for 20 minutes or drinking a coffee or, you know, sitting and playing the guitar for 10 minutes or whatever, like just taking yourself away from it. But even with, you could even find yourself like piling more stress onto yourself by just continuing to sit at your computer. Right. It would just... Yeah. yeah. Well, 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 let's talk a little more about that. So we've talked about how the work itself can be overwhelming, but the solution to that is to balance this out with, the things you do in the rest of your life, right? Um, I don't know about you, but for a while, it was not that easy for me to remember to do those things. And there's there's two scales, right? There's the uh, the micro, which is, okay, you're feeling like this problem's hard to solve. Get up, go for a walk. And by the time you come back 15 minutes, 20 minutes later, you'll probably have an inkling of where to go next. It doesn't always work, but most of the time it does. Um, or like we said, taking snack breaks or yeah, finishing at a hard time. Um, and then there's the, the macro of, okay, one of the reasons the job is interesting is that you have these ongoing threads that occur over multiple periods of time, sprints or months or whatever you want to refer to them as. Um, you should have those things going on in your life as well. Maybe it's, you know, finishing a certain novel or a multiple amount of novels, or I don't know. Um, so let's flip it around. What are some of the things that you have going on in your regular life that help you take a step back from the, your work life? Well, um, for a long time, it was, it was music. It was basically like I would, uh, I played in a band. And so like, I was quite dedicated to that. Um, so there would be set hours every week that we would rehearse um and then i would sit and like write songs and there was it was just things to take me away from uh from the day job um which really interested me but did a uh, played a lot of sport in my younger years as well um but then the biggest thing now is like is that i have children <laughs> and uh, like there's no bigger there is no bigger um, there is no bigger reason to take a, a step back from the work than than your kids. Like it, they they force you to do it. They can they can be a They can be a flip side to this as well. Like if you if you if you're pressured, if you have um, all projects get like genuine like hard deadlines, um, and we come up against those. Sometimes we need to finish those off. 
the the children just don't care like they they need your attention they need taking care of um and so sometimes so they're they're the natural thing like going out and taking them out at the weekends or after school and things like that they they naturally um stop you from working too much occasionally that would mean that you would have to work after the kids have gone to bed um to kind of catch up but that's you know that has to be really like absolutely essential because once your day is once the kids have have gone to bed the the day's kind of finished really like you're really tired by that point the chances of you actually going back um to work and and like looking into new new tech they they're kind of gone i mean like you if you really if you really really want to do that kind of thing then I think that that would be a path to to burn out pretty quickly. Um, yeah. yeah, like I've, before, yeah. I've had, before I've had hobbies, I've got, and I still have those. But now the natural thing for me is the the kids stop that. Well, I I think that you need to have discipline if you're going to break up your day that way. And it's interesting, the modern culture and a lot of the the more, I don't know. Like we said, emotionally intelligent companies, they do provide for flexible working hours. So if you're the kind of person that gets up at seven and you want to start then and finish at three, most of the time that's going to be okay at these kind of companies. Um, and I guess if you're a freelance, you can kind of set your own hours so you can uh, balance that. I think the important thing, though, is to set the boundaries. Um, having had a few Spanish lunches in my time, that kind of balance does not work for me, which is to say, if I go off and have a lunch and a glass of wine and then try and get back to work an hour and a half later, those last two or three hours of work are not going to be very productive. So it, it's almost as if, why did I do that? Um, yeah, but you, you, can, you have to, yeah. You can kind of manage that though. I mean, like, yeah, I'm, I'm also a big fan of the Spanish lunch, but, um, but to, like, it's a great thing about living there. I mean, um, but the, it's just recognize that, like the hours after that lunch are not going to be that are not going to be that productive. Um, the natural way for me to combat that is I will start at seven o'clock. So, mm. um, so the, the hour after lunch, which I still need to complete, um, could be taken up doing, um, like admin kind of things, like things that need doing, they need taking care of, but not necessarily getting like deep into the code. Um, and really like, putting like all your focus in like for me i've always found that i'm better in the mornings anyway um so yeah. my productive hours are going to be before lunch and so the the earlier that i can start the better that is the, the more productive hours that i'll get in i've never been even at university i was really disciplined with hours that i worked i only worked like nine till five uh when i was at university as soon as five o'clock came i was done yeah see so I, i'm not that way or i wasn't um i'm much more that way now i've learned to set some hard boundaries so uh, for me it doesn't matter when i start the day necessarily but i need to end the day at five and yes circumstances will come up there are times where that doesn't happen but that hard ending at least gives me a goal to shoot for everyone's aware that that's basically when they need to stop asking me things and it, it helps make the transition especially working from home to being away from work. Uh, like I said, doesn't always work. This whole time has just gotten weird. But when I was young, I was not like that at all. It was 
I need to keep going on this until I'm done, especially when I was doing like filmmaking and stuff. You know, we wouldn't even hang out and meet and talk about scripts and, and what we're going to shoot the following day until like 9 p.m. And we'd usually be up until 2 or 3 going through that and then wake up around 10 the next morning because it's just a different lifestyle. Um, now I can't imagine that. That's It's too much flexibility and too little discipline. Um, also, you ba- the, natural brown- the natural boundaries are in there for for you as well i guess like with the family like it would just be unworkable i mean i i very similar when i was like making music um we would go and record stuff um and yeah that would go into the night that wouldn't like it was kind of you didn't really feel like playing at like nine in the morning i mean that was just right you just wouldn't do that there would be no feel to it so um it was naturally like a, a later thing but this is but now this is this is work like for uh, for big companies for big projects so it's it's completely different in that respect um it's no less i would say no less creative but um for me requires a different kind of focus which you would which i would naturally get um in the mornings rather than late at night so from from my side in the um <clears throat> the hobby field or the, what I do on my downtime. Um, yeah. Like I have my family, we hang out, we usually play video games together. There's a lot of that good stuff going on, but, um, I have a tendency. I, I came to this, excuse me. I came to this field from, uh, from a hobby, which is to say since university, I was coding as just kind of getting things to work and experimenting and, you know, it was only after a lot of years of sort of fiddling and tinkering that I realized I could start to make some money off of it. And so my high, my hobby, my side projects turned into my full-time work, which is great because I love what I do, but it's hard to stop that um, point in case. Even on my three-week vacation, I spent a good number of hours coding on this side project because... I'm passionate about it. I really want this side project to work and understand the methods I'm doing it. The the thing that I found there, because that could have also just perpetuated the, the level of tension and borderline burnout that I was feeling. What I found was not to put pressure on execution. So as opposed to work where you have deadlines and deliveries, I said, okay, well, I probably can get this done in a week. So the deadline for this is three weeks, which gives me so much more buffer. And it meant I could spend a day not doing any coding on the side project, a few hours one day, maybe do an intent session another day. But there wasn't pressure to get it done, get it done, get it done, which meant it remained fun. And if I did feel like it was annoying, I could just step away for the rest of the day and go on to other things. That was That's something I wish we had more at like proper work as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what, uh, keeps your interest up, right? That's what still makes it a hobby that you can actually put it down and just, I say, Oh, I'm not feeling it today. So I'm going to go and do something else. I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I do agree. I think that, um, this, uh, but I also think that now with the situation with COVID and the, and the pandemic and everybody working from home, um, I think that people will be much more, um, well, companies will be much less inclined to like 
cut you that slack. I mean, like money's going to be tight for like businesses globally. So like you, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be pressure to make sure that every minute counts. Um, so, but with that comes again, the specter of burnout for people. Um, and almost, yeah, I, if I was a company, I wouldn't really want to be seen to like, uh, be policing the employees like really, um, tightly. Um, because if they, they because we're, we will all feel pressure naturally. Like we all know that we all know the situation. We all know that like the global economy is probably going to suffer. Um, and is suffering actually not even probably is suffering. Um, so we would all like have that pressure in the back of our minds as well. Um, like, I think this is really going to be, this is a transition to home working for like, like companies everywhere. And it's really like a time that they're going to have to start learning, like the, the amount of pressure that they apply to their employees, um, to, to still make them productive and, and, to steer them away from this, like the specter of burnout, to steer them away, to allow them the, the kind of freedom that you're talking about with, um, with your side project to kind of like get the balance right for, for genuine projects, for actual client projects, which do have deadlines. Um, and how they, and how everybody starts to, to factor that in because clients are going to have to be made aware of this as well. I mean, like, and, and they're going to be aware of it because they already have a core business and they're going to face the same problems with their own employees. And then the people that they employ to make websites and web applications, they're going to, they're going to know that as well. So I think it's really like challenging times and interesting times. And I think this is going to be where really great companies, like they really grasp that straight away. They really understand that the, the mental well-being of their employees is going to be something that they're really going to have to focus on. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, it makes me think as well of um, this idea of, well, you know, like 30-hour work weeks or 20-hour work weeks that people talk about, or, or even countries like France wanted to at one stage just say like, nope, we're only going to work 30 hours per week. And everyone was like, no way, how could, how could you ever do that? Um, but in some ways, it's an acknowledgement of the fact that there's only there's a key level of productivity per day. And once you achieve that, you're unlikely to do any better without sacrificing the following days. So yeah, I might have a day where I am just in the zone and I code for eight hours straight. And that's great, 10 hours sometimes. And that that feels amazing. But the next day, or maybe the day after that, yeah, I'm not productive at all. It really feels like a one-to-one uh, sacrifice at those times. Do you think that companies are ever going to understand that there is that like optimal zone and that not not to enforce just butts in the seat for eight hours with a one hour lunch break that's enforced by law, but to actually be flexible and saying like, okay, do your best work, but don't take more than you really want to? I think that um, good companies probably already and good managers um kind of do that already in my experience um for instance as you mentioned we we could we could find ourselves having to work like longer than than we really should um for maybe a few days like leading up to a deadline and so maybe you find that by like the wednesday of a week uh you've pretty much done like your required hours for the week um for me the 
we release on our project on Thursdays in general. Now, if the lead up to that is like by Thursday, Thursday lunchtime, you've done more than enough hours for the week. Um, I think in my experience, people would say on the Friday, okay, like any, any, any loose ends you have, tie them up and then like, just like take the time back, go and relax, have a good weekend. Like, thanks for your work. I think it is completely pointless in my experience to actually force bombs to be on seats. Um, right. It's, it's so counterproductive. You've already, you're, you're required. The work that you need to get done is done. You've pushed through like many barriers to get there. Um, and then it's, it's just nice for a manager of, for, you know, somebody, somebody uh, senior to, or looking after the team to just say, thank you. You've done so well. It's been amazing. Like now go and take the time back, go and put your feet up, read a book, whatever you want to do, but like you don't need to sit here. I, I think with, in terms of working hours, I mean, it's always been, of course, everybody would like to work like less hours, but um, in, um, in Barcelona, and I have to say I'm hazy about this, whether I think it's just, I think it's Spain in general, um, or our sector. But in August, we work four less hours a week, right? Yeah, yeah. it's four less hours a week. Um, for me, so that drops us down to 36 hours. And it means that we work um, seven hours without a lunch break on four of the days. Um, and I've got, to t I've got to say, like, it's a life changer for, for me. It's only four hours, but for me... It's just completely amazing. It means that I can be done by two in the afternoon and like I've been productive. I felt like I've been productive um, and it's just completely, completely changes um, my work-life balance. And it's only four hours. Um, That's interesting. Like for me, for me, the biggest change that I would like to see um, is that that's adopted for the whole year. Because it completely, for, for me, it just completely changes my life. Like, it really does. Like, the work-life balance just goes, um, it feels more, it feels like more of an equilibrium. Well, it's interesting. What it's, I, like, I've mostly disregarded it because it, none of the rest of my team, well, some of my team are on it. But for me, it just hasn't had much of an impact and no one's really, like, forcing me to. And the thing is, okay, I'm contracted 40 hours a week, but I'm usually at the computer doing things many more hours than that. Not necessarily always for the company, but, you know, it just expands. And the more responsibility you take on, the more likely you're going to be putting in more hours than you maybe even write down on paper. And I, I generally encourage, like, my own protégés to not allow that to happen. So the, the next bit I want us to talk about before we wrap up is just how you actually can stand your ground against assumptions and things um, and, and, or even your own level of uh, care or guilt as it might be um, how, how you stand up for that so again from my point of view i often have the problem of i really want to do well and i want to help so if that means staying an extra hour even within my time frame, but instead of taking that lunch break, staying at the desk to have a conversation with someone or uh, taking a call to help with the sales lead, 
something like that on top of the project work I know that I have to get done? Well, I'll probably say yes. I need I know I shouldn't, but it's it's just part of being for me a good colleague, a good employee. But that doesn't always drive with work-life balance. And that also the stacking of responsibilities can really lead to difficult times. How do you handle that? How what's what are some strategies that people can use to help them stake their uh, uh, their claim, you know, uh, feel the ground out in the right way? Yeah, um it's a for me it's a it's difficult to i don't really have like a, um a strategy where i would say like okay this is like I'll, I'll do this and i'll do no more or if i take this on then this has to drop off um but what i as i mentioned before for me it's pretty straightforward like the way my life is um i have to i have to collect the children at like half past four um and there is no there is no ifs or buts about that. Like it has to happen. Um, nobody else, is, if, if I don't go there, then they're going to be sitting on the steps at school. Um, so like that's pretty, so that makes it pretty easy. Um, I have to, uh, and, and everybody, and I've made people aware of this. Like if it's going to be, if, if you need to ask me a question after four o'clock, it's going to be answered the next day. Um, so for me, the, ba the boundaries there are, um, are determined by that. Um, I don't think that it, obviously they weren't always. Um, and I think I was actually pretty poor at separating, like at separating work-life balance really. When I think now, I would think nothing of staying an extra hour or two, like two, three, even like four times a week. I would, I would really think nothing of that, like because you, get, you kind of got into it and, what I try and have, what I used to try and have then is, um, is places to be, um, set things up outside of work, which, you know, make commitments, make arrangements, make, make, um, it's very, if it, if it was just to go and read a book, then you, you're easily cancelable, cancelable. Like you, you could easily just say, oh, well, I wanted to go and read a book, but I didn't. Um, I stayed two hours extra at work, but if you were, if you have something arranged, if you're meeting somebody, if you're, um, yeah, if you're meeting somebody and, it, uh, or you're going to go and play sport with somebody, you're going to go and, um, you're going to go and have a coffee with somebody, like mm -hmm. make hard arrangements, like make reasons to actually leave. Um, you could always, if you, if you have nothing outside, then you, it's easy to sit at your desk. Um, because most of the time, like most of the time, the work is interesting. Like we we do enjoy it. I mean, there's no there's no way that we could say that we don't. Um, if you didn't enjoy the job, then that's a completely different uh, podcast. Um, but like, so it's easy to it's easy to find yourself sitting at your desk if you don't make hard arrangements and make commitments to go and do something else. Um, so yeah, me, that would be the biggest strategy. Just make sure that you you have something else that forces you away from the desk. Yeah, I, I think that is a, a really excellent strategy and it and it works like like you say, with the children, we usually have that built in because of school and all. Lately that hasn't been a thing, so that makes it a little more difficult. But having appointments is a is a great strategy. Another one I would say is uh try not to have your 
primary communication tools on your mobile. That's not always an option, um, but certainly set your away hours so you don't get the notifications in, let's say, Slack or, or even email necessarily. I'm terrible at that. If someone messaged me at like seven, I'll at least read it, if not respond. But managing the expectation to say they may or may not get a response is at least the start towards that. And certainly on other devices uh, around the house, none of those things are installed. So I do not want uh, when I'm you know, reading whatever comics or books on my iPad, I don't want to get any work notifications there. That's away from this all. So that, that, that helps too. Um, and at the end of the day, you just need to find what works for you. And if you're feeling imbalanced, then it's worth re-examining. All right, so um, getting a little close to the end of the show, we're going to go into our segment, True Heroes. And the segment, we like to highlight uh, some true front-end heroes working across the planet and to thank them for all that they do. So um, my own nomination, uh, which, um, Scott, you haven't had the pleasure yet um, of experiencing this person, uh, is Adam Waffen. I hope I pronounced his name right. Uh, he's a creator uh, or co-creator of Tailwind CSS, uh, which is a utility CSS framework. And I hesitate to call it that because for me, it's more of a mindset shift. But one, I really love the framework and I think it's great. And two, I've seen this guy really put out, at least on Twitter and, and his blog, inspiring and useful things for developers. So the thread that he posted the other day was all about saying like, well, you, you, if you're putting together a new product and you're about to launch it and you're you know, hemming and hawing over the landing page, it's probably already too late. All that marketing work needs to be done in advance. And he recommends doing it through like learning in the open, writing articles. And, and when you're in the moment of building the product and you're excited about different technologies, that's the time to blog about it, not later on after it's ready to ship and you've gotten everything perfect. And giving things away for free is an easy way to build a proper audience so that when you do monetize it, the money is there and waiting rather than not you know being closed doors all the time until it's time for me just just sharing that knowledge and just putting it out there is a great thing that he does from the community and while it does touch on the things we were talking about earlier of hey, look at how well this person is doing it still is an inspiration and um i just wanted to acknowledge and appreciate this guy for doing the work that he's been doing that's cool. That's really cool. As you say, I, I've not really um, not seen too much, but I've seen you tweeting about uh, about Tailwind, and I'd be super interested to to check that out and like have you talk about that as well and your experiences uh, of that because I know that you're super into it at the moment. Yeah, I think maybe we have another episode um, talking about at least a, a CSS architectural approaches because I think that's a pretty in depth topic that we could get into. Uh huh. Yeah. Sure. So, um, next segment, uh, as we know, any proper hero is a well-rounded one. So we want to share some simple musical picks. So Scott, what's the favorite thing that you've been listening to lately? Well, um, I think inspired by my return to my hometown, um, I have some friends who, uh, they've got a really good band. Um, they didn't ever make it so big, but, um, but big enough. And they recorded like three albums. Um, and their group is called Alpha Nine. Um, they've got some, I, I would really recommend uh, checking them out on Spotify. Um, they've got a couple of uh, really great albums. 
um, a couple of. I think there's there's probably a little bit of uh, like Englishness in there, but I think that we do um, I think that we do music really well. So I would check out Alpha Nine. Okay, cool. Um, thanks. I was just checking to see if I hadn't shared this, but I guess even if I have, um, from my side, there's this. Um, I guess he's from the U.S. Uh, this Fote P H O T A Y. Um, he has a new album out called Waking Hours. Hard to describe the genre. Um, yeah, I'm not very good at uh, figuring out because I, I like to bend the genres together, but um, that's on repeat a lot. Um, it's it's calming um, and intricate and the kind of stuff that I like. So um, not necessarily for coding. I usually put it on when I'm walking around town at the grocery store, but yeah, it's a very good album. So with that out of the way um all right looks like that's all the time we have for today folks thank you so much for listening uh if you enjoyed the show you should like or heart or star us in your podcatcher of choice um reviews and ratings are how those fancy algorithms help people find our content and the power to help is within you if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in our next episodes uh send a tweet to us at heroes front end and we will add it to our list until next time heroes remember with great front end power comes great responsibility. See you next time.